Okay, so the Gemara tells us that um, it's as to what the name of Esther really was. Was her name Hadassah or was her name Esther? Uh, there's a large contingent that holds that her name was Hadassah and th- nonetheless he's, she's referred to as Esther and for that there's like different reasons that are given and one of the one of the main reasons that the Gemara says is because she was compared to the moon that the the, Aram- the Persian word I guess for Aramaic person whatever it is for moon is Estire and therefore Esther is a play on the word moon because she was Yafa Kalavana because she was beautiful like a moon okay so however beautiful a moon is that's what she was so Halo Doverhu it's, it's, it's very very interesting to think about that you have in the event that her name really was Hadassah and the reference to her as being Esther is really just because there was this nickname that she was referred to as as being this uh, something like a moon, whatever that means. So therefore, number one is she is she's moony, yeah. Therefore, she's referred to as uh, Esther throughout, except for like one little uh, you know knature of Hadassah in there. She's referred to as Esther through the whole thing, and we call the Megillah Megillah Esther. So it's it's we name it's it's her. It's the whole Megillah, the whole, the whole uh, uh, Sefer that we have about this event and about, uh, and, and about the whole Misa that takes place and this whole salvation that takes place is all a function of her name, is all put under the name Esther. Very, very interesting and therefore worth delving into. Why is it like that? Why is it, what is the significance of this name? That that's what um, that that's that's the reference that's made. There's another interesting thing over here. Um, th- there are a lot of places in the Megillah. Well, there are zero places in the Megillah that refer to Hashem directly. Then there are places that have reference, so to say, to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The Hamelech very often is looked at as a double entendre. It's referring to Achashverosh, also referring to Kaddish Baruch Hu, so you could read the story in that way. And there are also certain places where you have the Yud, the Hey, the Vav, and the Hey, Hashem's name presenting itself. So one of those places is the following following pasuk. It says, "Vatomer Esther, Esther says, Imelamelech Tov, Yavo Hamelech Vahaman Hayom El Hamishta Asherasisilo." That the Melech and Haman should come today to this to the party that I made for him. So Yavo Hamelech the Haman Hayom Yavo is Yud Hamelech is Hey the Haman is Vav Hayom today. That is the reference to Yud Kevavke. <coughs> so this is by the first party. So it's not like anything even happened there so to say, like anything directly happened over there. And yet we have this reference to Yudke Vavke, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu being right over there. What was the significance of that? What's the significance of that moment of what is being said? What is the, why, why is that place, the place where we have 
the Yudke Vavke Hashem's name over there. And then also, there's another fascinating Medrash. Medrash says, What does Achashverosh mean? Achashverosh means, uh, Achashverosh is referring to Achashverosh Baruch Hu, which is not so... Uh, you know, Hamelech is one thing. To say that Achashverosh is referring to Hashem, okay, a little funny. Um, and then why, so where's the Achashverosh? Like, where, where do we see the reference to Hashem? Because it's Sha'acharis Veracious Shalom. So you have like the Ach with the Rosh in there somewhere, and you also have the Rosh at the end, the Rosh. So it's the Achar, and the Rosh is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does that mean? So yes, you know, the Ani Rishon Vani Achron, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, he's first, he's last, obviously nothing preceded him, nothing comes after him, but why is that reference over here in Achashverosh? What does this all mean? There's, the Arizal says, so this, this is going to be delving, I guess, dipping a little bit into uh, some, some sod, some, some, okay, we can, so we can, we can dabble a little bit. It says the following thing. It says what? Where's the iron? Where's the iron? The iron shall Torah. The iron shall Torah. You got to start early, you know? Um, so he says the following thing. He says that the Shem Hashem, so we know the Shem Hashem is Yudke Vavke. Obvious shame Hashem says that there's another. There are two other shemos that we can derive from Yudke Vavke. One is Tes Dalid Hey Dalid, and the other is Chaf Vav Zayin Vav. What are those letters? It's the letters immediately before Yudke Vavke. So immediately before Yud is Tes, and before for Hey is Dalid. So it's. Tad ha, well, I, maybe I shouldn't say it, but it's tough Dalit, hey, and then Dalit. That's one shame of Hashem. Another shame of Hashem, he says, is Chav Vav Zayin Vav. So what is, because it's the after. Chav is after, Vav after hey, Zayin after Vav, and then, and then Vav again after hey. So what does this mean? So the Rizal explains. He says that Yudke Vavke is a very direct revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's where we see Hashem. Tzies Mitzrayim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I am Hashem, showed Himself to us. So there we have a very, very direct revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu being out there. The Arizal says that there are Levushim, that's how he refers to it. There are ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu clothes Himself or covers himself, and maybe the way we could think about it, where you have the letters before and the letters after are kind of the letters that surround and cover the Yurke Vavke. So you could think of it almost as if, if, somebody, if somebody very Choshev is coming through, so a lot of times, how do you know when, you know, Lahavdil, the prime minister, the president is going somewhere, it's all of a sudden you see a throng of people with like something in their ear, you know, like strong guys with sunglasses on. So you know that in between them, inside over there, is the important person. And then it's, has, it's, he has his entourage that's surrounding him. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Yurke Vavke. That's direct revelation of Hashem. But there is a lavush, there's a covering 
there's a clothing of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that takes place, and that is expressed in these letters of Tuf Dalet, Hey and Dalet, and Chavav, Zayin and Vav. Says the Arizal that the gematria of Tuf Dalet, Hey Dalet, and Chavav, Zayin Vav, if you add that up, it adds up to Ani, Aleph, Nun, Yud, 61. That's the magic number over here. So, let's say, in, in Mitzrayim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu reveals himself very directly. We have all kinds of Nisim. We have the Makos, Yitzis Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsuf. We have all of those things where Hashem is showing us the name of Yurke Vavke, the Giloi, the, the revelation of Hashem is being Barachim, is loving us, is, is treating us in that way. Before that, when we were in Mitzrayim, when we were in the depths of Golos, it's not that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wasn't there, but it's that he was there covered up. He was there in a way that we couldn't see him, we couldn't feel him, but at the same time, HaKadosh Baruch Hu we know, Hashem says that when we went down to Mitzrayim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm also going down to Mitzrayim, and when you come out, I'm coming out with you. The Hester Ponim, the covering up of Hashem, the hiddenness of Hashem, is expressed in this name of Ani, of the, 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 these letters that add up to Ani. Therefore, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Vidatem, and you will know, Ki Ani Hashem, the Arizal says, Pshad is, that you will know that the Ani, that all of that hidden time, all of those times where you didn't see me, where it was an expression of these letters of Taf Dalet, Hey and Dalet, and Chav Vav, Zayin and Vav, that's Ani, you will know that that was Hashem, that it's all one and the same. It's not that there are two things Hashem shows up and Hashem packs out. It's that the Ani is also Hashem. So the Hester Panim is a time when we have only the Levush. We're shown only, so to say, the clothing, the, the outer, the, the, the covering up of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But what we end up seeing after we see at the end, is we're able to see Hashem. And that was a lima to us, back to, way back in the day in Mitzrayim, that Ani Hashem, that the Ani is Hashem. So when the Kodesh Baruch also says, Ani Rishon v'ani Acharon, umi baladai enolukim, that I am first and I am last, and without me there's no... He's, it's, it's another expression of this, of that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, the Ani is the Rishon, that's what, you, that's what happens first. That's also the same thing that happens later. It's all one thing, it's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's all an expression of Hashem, and there's nothing outside of that. He's talking to us individually too. He's talking to us as a nation, he's talking to us individually as well. Purim was the darkness of this Levush, of this covering, covering up of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to the point where Klal Yisrael did not have any sense of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Somebody like Esther, somebody like Esther had not, so to say, not, not per se knowledge or uh, an actual, she was able to point to where HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, but Emuna, Emuna is the recognition that the Ani is Hashem. And that even at times where it seems like we, we can't see Hashem anywhere, where Hashem is totally covered up, it's realizing that 
I know he's here. I can't see him. Can't even feel him. But I know he's here. That's the vidatem. That's somebody who lives with this knowledge that Ani Hashem. So there was a, 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 and how do we, at the end of the story, we look back and we have a Megillah Sester over here and we're able to put two and two together that like, oh, Vashti got killed so that Esther could get in there. And during, when that was happening, nobody had any idea that that would impact us at all. In fact, if you look at it from Esther's perspective, total disaster. She'd much rather Vashti stick around and then she not get involved in any of this stuff at all. But the person who lives with this knowledge, Vidatem Kine Hashem, is able to know that I don't understand what's going on right now. It seems that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not here. He's hidden. I can't see him anywhere. Doesn't mean he's not there. It just means that we can't see him. It's, but we have to know internally that the Ani is going to end up being revealed as Hashem. So that hidden part. So that's this reference. So the Medrash says that this is HaKadosh Baruch Hu This was a time of the hiddenness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in which he was going to ultimately show up at the end and show us whammo. The whole thing was HaKadosh Baruch Hu maneuvering things and manipulating things throughout the whole story. And therefore, it's at the very beginning, it was at the time of HaKadosh Baruch Hu hiding himself. That's when this whole, hiding himself in a way where there was going to be a boom revelation at the end. That's what's going on. That's when this story is taking place. So now let's talk about this place over here where Esther is now in the palace of the king. She has no idea what's going to be. Revach Vatzala, she hopes, you know, there's going to be a salvation for the Jewish people. But now she goes and she throws herself into Achashverosh. And she says, Yavo Hamelech Vahamon Hayom, that they should come today. Hayom is Bigmatria, math guys, 61. Yavo Hamelech Vahamon Hayom. She says, I don't have a choice right now. I, 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 I'm, I am working with nothing. I am just using, you know, whatever inspiration and sharp wit she had going into the, 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 the literally the lion's den, walking into to, to, to this situation with Achashverosh willingly. Achashverosh does not kill her like she thought would happen. And... So she says, what she wants is, Yavo HaMelech Vahamon Hayom. That I, I, I am ha- holding in a place right now of Hayom. I'm holding in a place right now of this hiddenness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But it's got the Yudke Vavke all over it. The Yudke Vavke is all over that phrase because she says, I'm operating in a situation of, I, I'm just dealing with this hiddenness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But it's with this emuna, it's with this belief that there is something, a revelation of the Shem Hashem that's bound to come. And that it's with that emuna that she approaches this whole task. There is a... Okay, so let's do a drop more math. Okay, the gematria of Levana is... Eighty-seven. Okay, so let's say you took the number 61. 
and you added Yudke Vavke to it, you would end up with 26 and 61 is 87. The gematria of Levana is the gematria of the hidden Shemos of Hashem, the Ani of Hashem, with the Yudke Vavke together. What was the beauty of Esther? How do we express the beauty of Esther? We express it as Yafa Kalavana, beautiful like a moon. The beauty of a moon is that to such a person, there is no difference between when Hashem is hidden and when Hashem is revealed. That it's all one thing. Just like a moon, in a sense, a moon is a dead rock. There's nothing there, it's, it has no light. It has no light source. But at the same time, it's able to give over the light of the sun. So too, at a time of tremendous hiddenness, the, the Levana person is going to be a person who's going to say that I know that there's a light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that is somewhere and I, I am acting as though it's here right now and therefore I'm moving forward with that sense of Amuna. So the idea that she is compared to a moon is the sense of that a, it, she is in this darkness shining this tremendous light of Giloi of revelation even though it's not here yet but it's in doing so that ultimately merits having that giloy come out so therefore the Esther was able throughout the whole story the reason that she never lost any kind of hope the reason that she never lost faith in the most horrifying of conditions that she found herself in is a function of her living with the sense of being a Levana, being that person who's able to see that there is a hiddenness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and that there is a revealed HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's the difference between them? What's the difference in our world between those two times? Nothing. Nothing. I live my life as though HaKadosh Baruch Hu is standing with me at all times. Whether I see Him and sense Him, whether I feel like Hashem has turned His back on me, it's all the same thing. I know He's there. I, I, whether I'm seeing him directly or whether I'm just seeing a lavush, some sort of covering up of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That was the beauty, that was the godless of Esther Amalka. And that's why she's specifically referred to, maybe her name was Hadassah, irrelevant. She's referred to as the Esther, she's referred to as the moon because she was able to see that union of the hiddenness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the revealed nature of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, all coming together at the same time. That was the essence of what Esther was all about. That's also the moon also, sometimes here, sometimes not here. Maybe. Sometimes here, sometimes not, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, the the Pasuk says, Nivhol, right? So I, you hid your face and I was Nivhol. Nivhol is a mixed up of the letters Levana. All right, I was Nivhol. I, 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 I didn't. This revelation, right? I didn't have, and that's why I was Nivhol. But you got to rearrange the letters, create Levana, and then a person is able to see that. Listen, even the darkest of rocks can become a great illuminator of light. Is able to be the Ma'ar Hakatan uh, for for our world. Yeah. That's the point. Even when you think nothing's happening, that's where the Yudke Vavke is, 
along with the Hayom, with the Gematria Vani, because she, for her, it's just like, this is all, it's, all, it's all grooving, it's all, it's all working together. So I think, I think I may have said over this story last year, um, at some point when I was, when I was darshaning, but like, uh, I, I just recently bumped into it and reread it. Um, my grand, my, my grand, my paternal grandmother was a young child when her, so her father was a Stalin or Hasid. Somehow he ended up in, in some city in Germany uh, as a rabbi, Mayol Shaykhit person. And, um, and, and this, so in, in the 1933, 34, that, that ballpark, so things were not good, especially for rabbinic figures in Germany. And there was, on, on Tanis Esther, so she always told the story that on Tanis Esther, the, was it Tanis Esther? It was, yeah, I think, or maybe a couple of days before, um, the Nazis came, broke into their house in the middle of the night. And... Um, grabbed, her, grabbed her father she, she would always tell us the story about how she was six years old and she started screaming and Nazi took a gun and stuck it in her mouth told her to be quiet and they took her father who at the time had bright red hair returned him a few days later bones broken and he wouldn't talk about what they did to him but his hair had turned completely white in a couple of days. And he came back, he ended up needing to go to a hospital um, somewhere else. They had to take him to a different place because they wouldn't deal with him over there in the hospital. They wouldn't take him in. So they found a town where he would be able to go to the hospital. He needed seven weeks to recover from whatever it was that they did to him. But she said that the night he came home was the night of the Megillah, she used to she used to tell us that like to her perm has like this negative. She she never felt like super negative tinge to it because of this, but she says she distinctly remembers. He's broken. He's like broken. He couldn't move. Couldn't walk. He couldn't get go anywhere himself. His face was all busted up. He was bright white. It was like very traumatic, but she said that she remembers him coming home, and saying, "It's time to lay in the Megillah," and he takes out the Megillah. And he leans to the Megillah in that moment. And it's like an amazing, yeah, as, as I was you know, learning this up and, and thinking about this, it's an amazing idea of a person who is going through uh, a, a situation of the hit, like th- there was, if, if you put yourself in the mindset of somebody back then, there's no world that's going to care. You know, well, we, there's no world that's going to care nowadays either. But even back then, the, the world wouldn't hear about it to even care. There's no one to ask. There's no one to reach out to. It's just like, why is this happening? It's it's why is it specifically happening to to, to Rabbanim to Klay Kodesh? Like, what's going on over here? It's a world that was starting to go absolutely mad and upside down. In that moment, so many of the of of the Jewish people could have just been like. He's nowhere to be found. But the message of Purim was, and is, that it's called Esther. That even at a time when everything seems hidden, even at a time when HaKadosh Baruch Hu seems not apparent, He's there. It's all, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there for us to see if we choose to see Him. And even when we can't see Him, it's for us to know, to have emuna. Emuna is is not... 
you can't see, but you know that he's there. It's it's a truth that's so real and so in, so internalized to a person that the vidatem ki ani Hashem that the yurke vavke and the hiddenness of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is all one and the same. And when a person is able to live with that sense of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that's a person who's living an Esther type of life. That's a person who's taking and internalizing the the the, the message of Megillah Esther. So in all of our lives, as we go through, whether it's as a nation, whether it's as individuals, when we go through periods of when we feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu is hidden, when we feel like we can't see Him or feel Him, it doesn't mean Chas V'Shalom HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not there. That's the challenge that's being thrown at us. That Hashem, you hid your face and I was, ah. no, no, no. Become a Levana, be a person who doesn't see the difference between the Ani, between the hiddenness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the revealed part of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's a person who's taking that message of Purim and bringing it into the rest of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, um, did you see anything on, on Haman in his name? Like, how does that fit in? There's Ahasuerus the Pasuk. Oh, so over here there's Haman. So, yeah. I mean, th- there is, like, Haman is, Akadosh yeah, Baruch Hu sets it up. Yeah. You know, he makes that happen. So, as much as Haman seems to be like the anti-whatever, as whatever, however they refer to it as, uh, you know, in other religions, yeah. right? There's no such thing as an anti-Akadosh Baruch Hu. Even Ra ultimately comes from Hashem. So Haman is the setup. Uh-huh. He's the, you know, the reference to him in Chazal is Hamin Ha'etz. Uh-huh. That the Eitz Hadas, the Nachosh that got Chavati from the Eitz Hadas, that's, that's who Haman is. Who set that up? Hashem set that up. It's all from Hashem, ultimately. So the Ahasuerus met Haman. So Ahasuerus is the... <coughs> that's the, the hiddenness, the... the right. The Haman is the kind of the anti-ness. Uh-huh. And then you have Esther, who is able to penetrate through the whole thing. See, okay. Interesting. Yeah.